tuned in to the Smoking Section Podcast. I am your host, your man, JT Live. Welcome to episode 12, man, the show. You can be heard every Tuesday and Thursday right here on Blog Talk Radio and Ellipson.com. Just make sure you put in the Smoking Section Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast every Tuesdays and Thursdays. Man, talking about times right now i know we're going through a lot you know we got the covid going on but uh hopefully everybody is staying strong hopefully everybody is staying in the house man making sure that you don't do any kind of interactions parties none of that foolishness so try to abide by by the laws man and, and what people are trying to do to keep everybody safe um you can download our podcast on any of the formats apple itunes stitcher google spotify so you can catch our podcast there as well Follow our Facebook page, The Smoking Section Podcast. Again, that's The Smoking Section Podcast on Facebook and also on IG, uh, The Smoking Section Podcast as well. And tonight we got a live uh, NFL draft show. So if you up on our page on Facebook, The Smoking Section Podcast, you will see a live Zoom uh, draft. And so we have a lot of people that's going to be in there talking about a lot of different things, making their draft selection picks for their favorite teams and, and maybe not for their teams as well. So we'll be doing that tonight. On today's show, man, I got a special guest, and and I've been knowing this brother for a long time, man. We go back to like the age, I ain't going to age us out, but we go back to the age of like 16, 17, 18 years old. And so his name is Lerone, aka Black is what we call him here in Chicago, man. One of the more prominent figures in Chicago sports right now. So we're going to bring him on uh, to talk, talk about his life and his affinity with the the art of cigar smoking. And so, you know, we are the Smoking Section Podcast. So as promised, you know, I always like to mix it up. And so we we bring on people who I like to say are interesting people who who um, participate in the in the art of the smoke is what I call it. So Lerone will be on in just one second. I want to thank everybody that has picked up the podcast. Man, it's been growing. It's been growing since we kicked back up. Of course, you all know we we had podcasts in the past, and it was mostly sports oriented. And so, uh, we've changed the format a little bit with more current news, entertainment, uh, commentary, and then the art of smoke as well. So, we try to get that in. If you check out our IG page, I try to put up a lot of things in regards to cigars on our Facebook page. We do some of the same things, but it's more commentary. Um, it's, it's some memes, it's some uh, videos, so you can always check that out. Um, I'm I'm just happy, you know, right now to to uh, to still be up and, and running. And so our podcast is doing a lot of different innovative and creative things. So make sure you check us out. We'll have a lot of videos um, up as well. But uh, as promised on today's show, I mean, this this brother here, like I said, I've been knowing since I was like 16, 17 years old. And you know, he has a hell of a story. And it's, it's one I think that's inspirational for a lot of kids and a lot of people. Um, that's growing up today, especially in the inner cities. And so, you know, I have nothing but love for him. He's like a brother to me. Uh, we share the same mentor that we call like our father and, um, and Glenn Johnson, who, who molded us and, and made us into men that we are today. But he's also one of the more prominent uh, sports uh, influencers, I like to say, in the city of Chicago and and and, and the surrounding areas. And, you know, it's, what's interesting, I... I, I would never envision him being um, an official and a, and a sports referee, you know, around the, the, the state, but it's fitting for him. And if you know, you know, when they know black, everybody knows black, no matter where you go. And so, but he's definitely uh, one of the major players in the cigar 
culture around Chicagoland area. So without further ado, I'm going to bring my man on, Black. What's good, man? What's going on with you? Jeff, how you doing? Man, I'm doing great, man. Just uh, glad to be talking to you, man. And um, I know you staying safe out there. Um, how's your family doing? How's everybody? Family is all right, man. How is your family doing and the boys? And they they doing well, and um, you know they 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 hunkered down, man, trying to, um, you know, get through this this COVID thing. But I told them, you know, through adversity, you know, comes triumph. So, you know, just just be patient, man. That's all. It's it's going it's going to pass through. It's just nothing new, you know. History right. history has had these things before. But I got you on the show, man, and I just want you to talk a little bit about who you are, and and, and some of the things that that you've done. Um, around the city of Chicago, especially you know, coming up as a as a young kid in in, uh, in the urban. Uh... Wow, you know, being uh, from Chicago is special within itself, and you know, we we kind of grew up together, so being ball together was you know, it's always been hard, special, and and dear to me. Um, just being a a young African American male man growing up in the city of Chicago in the heart of the city, man, you know. You experience a lot, you learn a lot. Not knowing, you know, where you're going in life as a youngster and what you really want to do and how you want to do it. You know, and life life is funny like that, you know, and it puts you, it points you into a direction and, you know, I guess God's hands on you, you know, you turn out to be and do some things that you never thought that you would do or who you thought you would be. Like, um, going into coaching, I never, I never thought about coaching. You know, I just wanted to play the game and, you know, be a good player and just do things. But to be able to coach, because you've coached too, and to touch so many different lives. And, you know, it's, I guess, following in the footsteps of Pops, you know, I just didn't want to be on a staff that, you know, was already made shift. No, I wanted to work from the bottom up, you know, I guess. I guess I did kind of follow in his footsteps too, you know, in a sense. It's funny. Back to all high school and coach. <laughs> That was real interesting. Mm-hmm. You always want to go back home and help. And I never thought that I would end up out at Carver, and I did, which where he started the program. <laughs> so, you know, that was unique within itself. And then to come back, be a head coach at our old school, and then go to, and on the way, learning, being up under Chuck Chambers at CVS. And, you know, and then, you know, when... He said, okay, enough is enough. So I guess that was my graduation. He said, no, you got to come down here to Dunbar. You know, mm-hmm. I told him, no, I'm, no you got to come to Dunbar. So, you know, that was, a, that was a learning experience within itself, man, in life. And a lot of lessons along the way. And a lot of helping young men, you know. Yeah. That was, you know, that was, I guess, that helps you grow too. So, you know, yeah. that well, helped me a lot. Yeah, how, how did you now? Cause see, you know, I was away at school and then, but then I was coaching, and I, and I remember you were coaching too. But then I, I saw you officiating. So how did you get into the sports officiating? And it was because I was like, black uh, uh, officiating. What's going on? So here's the truth, and I've not even told a lot of people. And I guess it only comes out of me when I get mad or I get, I guess not so mad, but I get disappointed. I never wanted to officiate, never thought about officiating. And, you know, me and LT Bonner's son, Lance Bonner, we were cool because we actually had went to grammar school together, him and Nate Turner. 
we all went to St. Felicitas. Right. And I left St. Felicitas, and I ended up going to Ruggles in Avalon Park and playing basketball with uh, Ben Wilson. So we all had that connection. And um, they had some, um, they had like some, some, uh, some softball games. And I was playing softball in, uh, in Washington Park. And um, LT saw me and said, hey, man, you know, you, you know, you used to be a hell of a player. You know, you need to officiate. And I was like, officiate? What's that? You know, <laughs> he was like, you need, you need to come, you need to come ref. You just can't be a ref. You need to be an official. I was like, I was like, it's all the same. He was like, no, it's not. And he called me one. It was the craziest thing. He called me one Saturday morning. And if anybody knows LT Bonner, they will know that I'm not lying. It had to be all of 5.30 in the morning. I was young. I think I had just came here from the club. And he was like, hey, you know, look, we'll go do some games. And I was like, what? You're going to go do some games. I was still playing semi-pro football at the time. You're going to go do some games. I was like, I'm going to do some games. He's like, yeah. So you're going to come. And, you know, at the time, you know, you had the three-way calling. So I think it was Ron Carter or somebody was on the other line. And he was like, hey, this guy right here, LeRon, LeRon Miles, they call him Black. He's going to come, and he's going to meet you. Hey, you're going to go with these guys, and you're going to do these games, and then you're going to come back, and you're going to be with me. I was like, what? Like, this man is crazy. And he told those guys, hey, you go, you better take care of me like a son to I was like, LT, man. But long story short, I went out there, and just being a player, playing linebacker, back in those days, if they wanted to hide you, they put you at umpire and didn't give you a whistle. <laughs> and he put me at umpire, so he took my flag, and it was like me playing linebacker. So I was like, Oh, this is easy. Right. And and it just it just became natural. And kept me what it did too was being around those guys at that time, it's not like it is today. It wasn't a lot of ball, so you had to stay around veterans. And then L T just kept me up on them. It just he wouldn't let me be around nobody else. He would teach me but then he taught me the rules because you had to go to L T's house. True story. You had to go to Kenwood Liquor. You had to get a case of beer, bring it to the house, something to drink. They cooked chicken. The test at the time was a hundred questions, and they taught you. They taught you the test. Mm-hmm. You had to actually study. So that's that old school foundation right. of black men giving back to young men, and you know having you do it the right way, and having the foundation. Being that's when I learned about being a quality official. I didn't know it at the time. But as I got older and I got more experience moving on, I found out what he was saying when he said, you don't want to be a ref, you want to be a quality official. Mm-hmm. Found out that a ref was just a guy that just put a shirt on and a whistle and just went out and did, did a game, got paid and went on about his business. But a quality official was a guy that studied, his uniform was correct, nice and clean. Um, he held himself to a different standard. You know, and he was a professional. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's how I learned. That's the guy that groomed me. And, you know, he helped me build a resume that I have to this very day. Yeah. You know, I mean, even though he's passed away now, you know, he was the one. And then Pops didn't make it no better because when he found out, it was just like, there's no room for error. Right. Hey, you're going to do this. 
you got to do it. You got to do it the right way, you know. And these these are guys you got to be around. You know, don't be with them dudes. You, you know, they not serious. And, and I was like, okay, so you, you you listen and you follow. And that's that's how it started. And uh, I have no regrets. That, and that's, you know, those influences, man. And it's, it's interesting because you talk about uh, LT Barton. I remember LT Barton as a young guy. And it, for those people who don't know, and I know people might be listening all over the world, we're talking about this is Chicago area, um, you know, high school sports and then things beyond that as far as life is concerned. And so um, what what Black was talking about, the LT Barners, the Carl Barners of the world, you know, those were heavy yep. influencers in Chicago. I mean, they have a direct influence on us. You know, as young men coming up and, and the positivity and the things that we've been able to give back and do to people. And that you mentioned something about that rites of passage. You know, you, you had to go get the beer. You had to go get the chicken. You had to go take care of those things in order to learn. And so a lot of guys don't understand that today. You know, they're just used to getting, 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 not really, um, you know, putting in any work. And so what's interesting to me. Is, and for those people who don't know out there, my sons play football, and LeBron has refed all of their games just about, you know, going from <laughs> every last one of them had three of them that played football. You've ref every last one of their games, and they know you, you know, straight up by name and everything. You know what's funny, you know what's funny about that is, uh, before I say this, I'm going to say this. L.T. Bonner is known all over the country, and L.T. Bonner has helped many men. I mean, not just African-American men, but many men that were serious about the game. Mm-hmm. He's worked in the Big Ten. He was one of the first African-Americans working the Big Ten. He also was the one, I think, one of the first replay guys in the NFL, you know, that did stuff at um, Soldier Field with, for the, with the Bears. And, you know, going back to what you said, it's funny that I was doing one of your kids', your kids games. And I didn't know that it was your son. And I was like, Something was going on, and I was like, hey, man, don't get caught up in what that guy said. And he was just looking at me. And I said, well, why are you looking at me like, I said, well, what's your name? When he told me his name, and I pointed over, and I said, it's your daddy over there, Jeff, your daddy? And he said, yes, never disrespectful. Just, just, I could just see everything that we were taught. I mean, and I think that you're doing a great job in raising your boys that way, man. I, I just want to tell you that. Hey, man, I, I, you know I, that that means a lot coming from you, man, because I have a high high esteem, high regard, and high respect for you, and, and we try to get him that that and, and keep him on that uh, positive uh, a positive mental attitude and, and be respectful because a lot of that that's lost now. Um, it's yes. it, we, you know we're losing it. I won't say it's lost, but we're losing it um, every day. But hey, this is your man JT Live right here on the Smoking Section Podcast. I got my man. Man, we go back long, long, long time ago. Lerone Miles, a.k.a. Black, as he's known throughout city and Chicago area, man. He's talking. We we both played high school football together. So this is, and I, we're going to talk about a few interesting stories from, from back in the past. But um, you can follow you can follow our show on Facebook, The Smoking Section Podcast. So like our Facebook page on Instagram. Follow us, The Smoking Section Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast right here. Or on Blog Talk Radio and Lipson.com if you're listening in. Subscribe to our podcast, download it, share it. Uh, we have a lot of uh, interesting commentary. I like to keep it as diverse as possible so that we can uh, have fun with this thing. You know, this is this is an avenue. It's an outlet. And we didn't have these things when we were coming up. And so now we no, have we this. Didn't. Yeah, That's we got right. this technology. You know, we definitely have to use it. 
Um, let's let's talk about uh, you know your influence, and man, I, I will say this, and it's it's very important, you know, especially with you sports. And, and I'm gonna go there for for just a second. And I remember a game you were officiating. And you sports, a lot of parents live through their kids. A lot of parents are, are it's, it seems like the parents are a little bit more ridiculous than 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 uh, than kids can act out. Oh, without, without a doubt, the kids the kids are not the problem. <laughs> right, not at all. So I, I will re- not let anyone. I will not let anyone say anything bad about a kid. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I remember one game, man. You were officiating, and and a parent started to heckle. Uh, and you got back with him so quick. I was like, man, y'all just don't know. Y'all talking this trash, but y'all don't know who Black is. And and he got he you checked him so hard. He got quiet. I said, mm-hmm. I looked at him after you told him to shut the f up. And then I'm looking at him. I'm like, okay, so now what you gonna say? Because I'm looking, looking, and he didn't say another word. So I automatically knew who was in control of that situation. Talk about that man in youth sports and and, and some of the things that you've seen. Um, as you officiate, especially the younger kids. Wow, it, it is, uh, for all that are listening that have kids, male or female, I have kids, and I don't act like that, my kids' games. It's so disheartening the way that we do our, our children because of sports. We forget that, what well, I'll ask the question to you all listening, is this a privilege? And I'll move on. That's something for you to, to ask yourself or try and find out the answer if you don't know it. And it's disheartening and it hurts. So I'm a, and I'm gonna bring this incident up. So I had a few incidents that, uh, well, I didn't have them, I was a part of them. And um, out there at a football game. And so parent, one parent was, he was going off on this kid. So I thought he was talking to me. And I looked and I was like, nah, you know, ignore him, ignore him. Don't kill the kids drive, because the kids were driving down the field. They're getting ready to score parent is drunk, the parent is going off on his son, cussing him out, acting a fool. I just happened to glance into the kid's face. You could tell he wasn't one. Now, if that had been me, it, it would have been different because I would have had the fire in me and I probably would have been de- going, destroying the kid in front of me. But this this was not the case. And I looked in the kid's face and I could see nothing but tears, hurt, disappointment, scared. He was shaking. I walked up to the kid and I said, hey, 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 you okay? Yeah, uh, no. I said, okay, come on over here. Don't worry about it. Don't listen to that right now. I'm going to take care of it. And I told, I told the father, which I didn't know it was the dad at the time. I said, hey, man, you got to get off the field. So he kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going. What was, what was disheartening to me was that, one, the guy that was over the program, he wasn't there that day. And I assure you that if he was there, none of that would have transpired and took place. What was disheartening was that we had all those African-American males that were supposed to be fall up under the umbrella as a coach, and no one went over there and said anything to the father. No one went over there to remove him. I had to do it. So it made me look like a bad guy, which I didn't care. That didn't bother me. But that takes away from the game, and it's a bigger picture here. What is that doing to, the, to this kid? What's it doing to this African-American kid? Mm-hmm. What is it doing to him? Because he's not... He's not 15 yet. He's not 16 yet. Even if he is, is that fair to him? So that wasn't fair to him. That wasn't fair to any other kid out there on that field. Both teams. I've also seen where we've had coaches on both sides cussing each other out, going back and forth. 
I don't be on Facebook like that. They call me the lurker. I may go in there and look at some stuff and get off. I don't be on Facebook like that. But they said that the teams were going back and forth on Facebook. So now we had a fight. And we had the parents, not so much the teams, but we had the parents, the coaches, going back and forth. I stood there and I, I, and I just looked at all of it. And I was like, is this what it has come to? Yeah. Is this what it has come to? Wow. And the parents don't understand because coaches are not taught properly how to coach. Mm-hmm. And there's no structure. So if the coaches don't have any structure, putting your kid in a position to fail, not win, or even being taught how to fight hard. Because, see, football is about life lessons. And it's not a one-man show. You need those life lessons and you need those, you need that discipline. You need those things to be taught so we have a chance to succeed. Kids need a chance to succeed. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's, it's an it's, it's a uphill fight and battle. It really is. That's crazy, man. And I, you know, of course, you know, I've seen you and, um, and Reggie, you know, and, and, and Kenneth, you know, uh, Gas of you know officiating games and and I'm often uh, concerned, especially you know of course I remember the incident that we had when our when my kids was playing youth football and the parents got out and the coaches were out of control and it, it was it was really a sad uh, scene and 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 when you were concerned about the ge- general safety. That's the, and that's the that's the incident I was I was speaking upon. <laughs> yeah, so, and we were there, and I was, you know, and yeah. I was I was like, man, what is really going on here? And I have a lot of respect for the, those coaches because they volunteer their time, um, and and things can get out of control. And I, you know, I never really paid attention to this to, to the social media aspect of it, but you know, just to kind of, I want my kids off the field. <laughs> You know, if this right. is going to happen, you know, we don't need to have that. That's not a part of the game, and it shouldn't be. And how do we teach our kids to be disciplined? And, and I know you've seen a lot, and you all, uh, as black men, as black officials, have, have been very instrumental um, in that. Now, I'm going to transition to something really quick, but let's talk about officiating. And, and I'll just say my my son's wrestling um, in the sectionals, high school sectionals, or one of whatever it was. And for the first time, and he wrestles. We wrestle all over the the, the state, just about, and, and going to tournaments. Mm-hmm. It was the first time that I had seen an all black uh, refs doing wrestling. It's the first time I've ever seen mm-hmm. it, and I was so proud. And and I told the gentleman who who was in charge, I said, "Man, I, I have a sense of pride today." I said because we go all over to the suburban areas and every place, and it's rare that we see um, oh, yeah. one black. Referee, referee. Yeah. but to yeah. have the entire, you know, uh, staff, I was impressed by that, man. And, and and I want you to talk about how we can get into that that feel more. Because um, I remember one time I, when I was teaching in, in the public schools, I did the um, I did the test for the officials, mm-hmm. and so I remember administering the test, and you know that whole nine yards, and, and that it was all brothers in there, and I was I was like, man, we need to get more brothers doing this kind of thing. Talk to me about how more black men can get into that that, that so, uh, field. It's actually it's actually really easy, but you got to be careful that you don't get get caught up in officiating into going and be with some people that uh, they just want to use you as a warm body, meaning. Mm-hmm. 
They just want you to go ref a game. They don't care if you got the they don't care if you got the know how, know the rules and knowledge and the experience and being taught the right way. They just want to use you. Now, having an organization and me, Mike Alden, and Ivan Palomore, we started it. We broke off from the MOA and we started it and it's called Game Time. And at Game Time, we have our own meetings. We um, we actually assign a big cluster of public league football, <laughs> and we have some young gentlemen, and we got a mixture of some older guys. And if anybody's interested, you can always reach out to me. You know, uh, Jeff, I have all my information. Um, we would love to have you. You know, and as well, because we have some females as well. So it, it's pretty easy, but. It's not for everyone. I would right. not lie. And the other thing is, you you gotta kind of be in some shape. So <laughs> you know, the day of, the, seriously, because the day of just standing there watching kids, no, nah, because someone's kid can't get hurt, right? And you know, you can't end up in a lawsuit. So you know, to protect yourself is to you know one try and be in shape, two have an open mind, and three you gotta kind of have some Teflon tough skin to do this and be in this business. Now yeah. it's not fair, but. It, it's just, it's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I know you definitely have to have tough skin to be an official. I don't think I have the temperament for it because I, I know I'd be in blue a gasket if somebody says something to me right. crazy. I just wouldn't have the temperament for it. But I, I definitely um, know that that more young people should should definitely look at that as a as a way to uh, get involved with uh, sports outside because everybody and, and this is this is one of the things that I. I, I preach to my kids, you know, there's other aspects of sports that you can get into if you don't necessarily make it to the NFL or you don't, you know, you don't make it to the college level, you don't get an opportunity to play. And from the business aspect of it or from the recreational mm-hmm. aspect of it, there's so many different facets, coaching, uh, training, uh, managers. And, and you know, it's funny, Black... Back in the day, you know, we used to kind of diss our managers a little bit. You know, how you a manager of the team, yeah. you know, you did that. But then when I got to college, I'm like, managers are very important. You know, these people, very important. They, they, they control everything, all the resources. And, and then That's right. I learned that the scouts, you know, the NFL scouts would talk to them asking exactly. about uh, an individual. So there's so many different facets of, of sports to get into. Um, and so I, I appreciate the work that you all are doing because it's representing, you know, it's, it's helping to represent our sport extremely well. And I have seen and I have been to a um, I think I was downstate uh, at Springfield at a wrestling tournament, man. It was it was IKWF, the youth wrestling. And, and you know, there's a racial component to it as well, because I remember yes, a, a, a black official making a call and the parents in the stands. You know, he called him the N-word. And so, you know. I'm stopping right then and there. I'm stopping (laughs) right then and there. If they don't remove him, everything is over with. Yeah. Or I'm leaving. Yeah. And that that actually, what this official did, and it was funny. He told him to shut up and sit down. He said, I got this. And if you got something to say about it, you come down here and talk to me. And I was just, I was up there and I was listening and they did come, you know, and they, they told him, you know, you got the, you got the role, you got to go. Um, right. The security did. And so it was, it was interesting to see how that happened because that component does happen and you never see it in the reverse because I've heard people, right. I've heard people heckle officials that were Caucasian and the race never came into it. It was just, he's an idiot. He's stupid. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yep. When it comes down to us, there's a racial component to it. 
And so um, oh, that's a factor as well that 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 comes into play. Um, I'm gonna transition a little bit, but hey, this is your man JT Live right here. I got Larone, aka Black Man. That's how I know him, man. That's how I grew up. Though we got so many interesting stories uh, from our high school days, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm gonna tell this story because it's um, it's it's something that that happened with us. And we were young kids. We didn't. Well, I was a young kid and really didn't know. Well, I knew what I was doing, but um, I, I like to tell the story about what what happened. You know, Larone and I got close. Larone's about a year or two younger than me and so uh he came up to the varsity you know I was all this and all that to play on the team and I remember Laurent he tells the story all the time so I'm gonna let you tell the story about our encounter on on, on the football field because uh, you love telling that story every time we get together sit our bars no, I hear actually, this story actually I don't actually <laughs> I don't but it's, it's just it's just funny how life is because who would have thought me knocking you over a park bench would have us close <laughs> that's crazy so because that that's what bonded us together because I, I remember looking yeah. and saying man this kid he think he tough he didn't hit me on the bench, and I remember you hit me. And for those who don't know, see, we didn't have a regular practice field like you all have today. Oh, you know, the nice man. environment. We practice oh, on God. on basically rocks and all that sort of things, and we practice they in the so park. Blessed. Yeah, they are blessed, big time. Yeah. I tell my sons, y'all, y'all tremendously blessed. But Black hit me, and um, and I hit, I hit me and hit me into the bench. I'm like, you know, I'm looking at this dude. I'm like, man, this this young cat, man, what is he doing? I said, but hey, I respect it because he was coming, he was playing hard. And so I always respected people who played hard all the time. And then after that, uh, we became close. And um, I'll just tell a quick. But there's a part you're not telling. Go ahead, man. freshman. You were a freshman. That's right. I was a freshman. It was only two or three of us. So it was me, Marshall, Keith Black. Right, right. And I may, I may be missing one other person, but it wasn't many. And I'll, to, to, just for our coaches to bring a freshman up and put him on varsity, I think I played in one sophomore game, one JV game, but I still was on the varsity. I mean, to be in practice every day, and this was probably during the strike, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, it was. We had a school strike. Right. And we came to practice every day. Yep. And we were practice, and they were going. They were mad at the defense. You guys was killing us. And they were like, look, man, this is this. it's live. You can hit them. Oh, okay. I hit Jeff, and oh, my God. Every guy on that offensive line, Herman Cooper, Big Goo, rest his soul. Yes, sir. Oh, man. Those guys over there. And crazy. Victor Marshall was like, man, don't worry about it. You be all right. You just don't hit me. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, man, you, you hit everybody but me. Right. <laughs> so I wasn't dumb as a freshman. I knew not to hit Vic. So. Right, yeah. You know Vic. You it hit was a Vic. learning experience, man. Yeah, no, that was that was definitely a learning experience. And, and so um, I, I recall that, that story. And then we became close after that, man. You were like a little brother to me, you yep. know, there because – you know, we, we played hard and 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 we went um you know we went to the fences with it period point blank and I, I, I'm, right. gonna, I'm gonna tell this story because this story is very interesting um Lebron and I was a senior and so we both took our girlfriends and senior night you know here most like every place <laughs> you go to uh, Great America 
for your uh, or Great Adventures or whatever you call it in the city, Six Flags, uh, where you are. Yeah, we went and, to Great America. Yeah, Great America, and, and we took our girlfriends uh, there. And at that time, you know, you're kind of goofy. I know I was. You know, you had your, your girlfriend, sh- boyfriend shirts on, I'm his, uh, he's mine, and all that old kind of stuff. And so um, I'm there with, with my girlfriend. We going throughout the whole night. Now, what people don't know about this story is I had another girlfriend who went to, uh, was a Kenwood High School. And so I was, uh, you know, I told her I wasn't going to Great America because, you know, hey, whatever. You know, I'm going to the movies. Lo and behold, to me, I didn't know that she was going to Great America. So we're there throughout the whole night. Now, you know how big Great America is. I'm saying Man. to myself, like, okay, I'm going to get through this whole night. And me well, and I almost the- made it, too. <laughs> we was almost out the door. We was almost out the door. And, 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 and Black and I, we were standing, and I, I never forget it. We were standing by the big, huge roller coaster. I think it was the Screaming Eagle. Oh, and I think we were about to get on it. And the girlfriend I had at the time, she was standing right next to me. And all of a sudden, I hear somebody say, FT. And I'm like, oh boy. And I turn around and I look. And it's the other girlfriend that I had that went to Kenwood. And I'm there with my girlfriend. Now, mind you, you know, a girlfriend at the time, she's looking like, what's going on? And I'm playing the nut roll to the other girl. I'm like, I don't know who you are and why are you coming up to me talking to me <laughs> at all. And Black, I was so bad. I was so nervous, boy. I mean, that that was those were the times that we had together, you know. And and you and I, we went to Great America together. So that that was like Man, yep. wow. Um, you know, the the times that you spend uh with with people in, in those situations. But that was a funny thing. I think moment. John Nalls, I think Nalls and them was with us too, man. And the, me and Nalls cracked jokes. So <laughs> what show we cracked. And uh, I think Hook was there, Richard Morrow rested yeah. was there too. And we I said no I said, well, lesson there and, and what was even more crazier and if you remember our our, our teacher uh our, our one of our uh, physical education teachers miss mrs johnson she the, the the girl that went to kenwood that was her niece so she got so she got she got word of it so i went from an a to a b in a in a classroom and miss johnson was looking at me she was looking at me, shaking her head like, Jeffrey, I can't believe you. I was like, oh, man, Miss Johnson, come on, now you're going to do me that bad. But hey, they, they were like aunties. Uh, they weren't just teachers. Yes, yes Her they and were. Miss Moore and them, they were like, they yeah. were like family. Yeah. Man. Still to this day. Still to this day. Still to this day. Still yeah. to this day, man. They have a lot of love for us, and I, I have a lot of love and respect uh, for them and the, the mentorship that they've given us over the years. So that's that's been tremendous uh, for our South Shore family, for sure. Uh, but hey, this is your man JT Live right here on the Smoking Section Podcast. You can follow our Facebook page, The Smoking Section Podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, the at The Smoking Section Podcast. Tonight, man, we're doing a live NFL draft, so we'll be up on 
um, our, our smoking section page on Facebook via Zoom. So we'll be live. We have a lot of people in the room. So we'll be talking, talking trash. You know, guys might be smoking cigars, drinking, whatever they want to do while we up there. But we're talking draft. We're talking all things NFL. So that probably be going on live on our page all evening. Now I want to trans. I want to transition to to the other aspect, and that's the smoking man. And and I know you are a uh, smoking aficionado um, here in the Chicago Chicagoland area, especially in the South Suburban area, man. Because I know on any given Friday or Saturday or Thursday, Tuesday night, I can catch you in the cigar bar. I know that if I go to certain cigar bars, I know I'm gonna see Black there. Period. Point blank. And, and Black is always yep. posted up as as that person. Um, in the cigar bars, and a few weeks ago we had Hawk on here, uh, little Hawk that uh, my man Hawk, yeah, sticks on the bayou down in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and so he was on the show, and uh, he just talked about the cigar lifestyle, and so I had I had said to myself, I know I got to get the man that 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 I see um, out here and 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 doing the cigar thing, so. Talk to me, man, about how you got into that that culture and into that lifestyle. Before we start, Hawk is my man, and me and Hawk used to smoke together all the time. I know it's your frat brother, but me and him would smoke all the time, and I would go to the house with him and Kelly right. and sit in the basement sometimes with them. But, you know, I got it honest. Honestly, I got it. I really did get it honest. Both of my grandfathers both smoked cigars. Um, they're both from the South. One is from Alabama. One is from Louisiana. Um my my mom's dad actually smoked a pipe too. Wow! And I loved his pipe. Loved his pipe. I loved the tobacco. And you know, when you're young and you're fortunate enough to have grandparents, you, you know, you you're with granddad. You, right. you you know, we were papa. And I was fortunate enough to get up under my grandfathers, and I learned a lot from them. And I guess in my transition, being over fifty now, I've I've just picked up them. I guess I've, I've turned into them. And both of them smoking pipes and cigars. Um, Morley, my, my mom's dad, smoked a pipe more than my other grandfather, uh, Mr. Miles. Mm-hmm. He liked to snuff. I tried to snuff and almost died. No doubt. <laughs> I almost died. And I said that wasn't for me. But I loved, the, I had always loved the aroma of a nice stick. And I had always like the smell of the tobacco of his pipes and the young cat you know when you could smoke in the clubs you know i'm like man i'm gonna smoke me a cigar plus a lot of my uncles have smoked so i've never been a weed smoker i've never like i've never liked that um i've never been into drugs like that so i guess i got it honest that's why i say i got it honest mm-hmm. um smoking cigars my first cigar and i thought it was the best cigar in the world and if some guys are listening and they're, they're really in the game, they're really going to laugh. My first stick was a baguette. I <laughs> thought I was boss. <laughs> wow. I mean, I would be in the, in the club smoking a baguette and then women being there talking about this stink. I couldn't understand that because people went there smoking cigarettes. Right. So I, my cigar smelled worse than that. But when that cigar started tasting like a, when that cigar started tasting like a cigarette to me, I knew it was time to get rid of it. And yeah. then um, I had a brother, Ron Burrell, um, we really good friends, and he said, "Man, look, try this, try this maca noodle." And I grew from the maca noodle, and I just grew, grew, grew. And my first, my first big smoke, 
I ever went to was here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. That's how long I've been smoking. Wow. It was at McCormick Place. I didn't know what the big smoke was. And he said, man, give me give me $100. I was like, what? Give me $100. I gave him $100. He got my ticket. We went to the big smoke. And I came back with over $300 worth, three, maybe three, three fifty, maybe $400 worth of cigars. Wow. That I had no idea what I had. I had no idea what I had. And it grew like that, and it just it just grew on me, and it stayed on me. It's it's a comma, it's a piece, it's a it's a piece. And then I I learned the history of us as a people, and going back because I love history, and going back in in time, you know, you could go to the barber shop with your grandfather or your dad, and that's what they did. They smoked a cigar in the back. They played chess. They played checkers. That's what they did. You know, and they talked to this man. Of course, they had a nip or two. And you came home. And you know, the way I was taught, my granddad told me, hey, you don't tell nobody where we went, what we did. If anybody asked, we went down the road a piece. Right. Okay, cool. Right. <laughs> right. You know, and I use those same rules to this day with my boys. Hey, don't you tell nobody where we went, we went down the road a piece. Right. So, you know, in the, cigar, in the cigar game, you know, all that, it takes, it plays in. It plays in, and I see we got a lot of women smoking now, you, you know. But to each his own, you know. What you like? That's fine. Um, I'm a part of a Smoke Squad, right. and we have some little brothers, uh, and we call them the Thundercats. And <clears throat> it's not just smoking. Um, LB and Hula, they do a great job. Actually, DJ Hula, he um, he has his own cigar. Um, LB. He actually is a, a owner of a cigar shop out in Stager. He's, he's a distributor. He sells cigars. So we got some African-American men that are, that are doing really big things in the cigar community. Yeah. You know, and in that, we've helped mold some young men, you know, in going into manhood. We got one young man. He, he's getting married soon, you know, and so just having those conversations over a stick and some, you know, some scotch. To, you know, man, you know what? Well, not so much trying to tell them what to do, but say, well, why don't you try this? And you tell them about your faults, because that's what I say. I tend to do is I tell, them, look, man, this is what I did, and it didn't work for me. It's all over a stick and some scotch, and you see the growth in those young men. You see the growth in those guys becoming men because we're older than them. So it's all over a cigar, and you know, I like some nice jazz, and you know, it really gives you some peace. Yeah. And that's that's interesting, man. How how you all have turned that into a to a cultural um, sort of thing, and so I like that. And so I, I remember kicking it with you one time at, at one of the cigar at uh, one of the cigar spots uh, here in in Chicago Heights. And, and I remember going, and I don't know if Hawk, Hawk wasn't in there that night, but I, I I did see one of my 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 Masonic brothers in there, and so we chopped it up. Then I think you were in there with, with one of the guys from Omega Sci-Fi, and you all were, uh, and I think he was an official mm-hmm. too. I think he was a referee. Yeah, that was Mike. That's yeah. Mike. Yep, yeah, that so was Mike. That was it was Mike so yep. it was so funny <clears throat> because you know, of course, I'm a captain, so I'm jabbing it with him, teasing him. Oh, 1911 is all good, or whatever the case. But then he right. offered up the Jameson, and you know, yeah. it was just like, man, here you go, and and that cultural and that feeling, that camaraderie, man, that we get especially as men around a smoke. And I, I think that is, is just so tremendous. And, I, and I've been in a number of cigar spots. Um, I was in, I mean, I was in Vegas just maybe about a little bit over a month or so ago. 
and uh, Chad Ochocinco was in there uh, with his mm-hmm. with his girlfriend, and we were sitting side by side, and we were chopping it up, mm-hmm. you know, just over the smoke. And I'm just like, right. man, yeah. you know, here it is. I'm I'm talking to an ex NFL player, you know, his girlfriend. We just all talking. He asking where I'm from. We talking trash and, and the whole nine yards. And so, how that camaraderie? Just being men. Yeah, just being men. You know, everything laid aside, egos checked at the door, and mm-hmm. everybody getting it in. And so I I know when I when I get with you. You know, if I walk into to, to one of the cigar spots, man, and I, I see you there, I know it's going to be a good time. I know we're going to chop it up. I know the atmosphere is going to be cool. So I, I really enjoy that, man, and the things that you are you all are doing. I know uh, you talked about the Smoke Squad. I know you all have some events probably coming up for this year, but how has COVID, you know, really affected that? Affected everything. I mean, you know, honestly speaking, Law was supposed to go to Atlanta, you know, that got canceled. So, um, and but we're looking to do, we're, we're probably looking to do some things, you know, once it opens up, you know, because we like we had a big cookout last year, uh, it, with all the cigar groups coming, you know, and um, it was great, you know, we all had like a little grill off, and um, I had to leave because I had ended up, I had a football game in Valpo, so I had to go, so I couldn't stay, but. <clears throat> All the events are always great, man, and it's always a great vibe of people, man. You know, we as human beings, we're not perfect. Everybody's not gonna like everybody, but one thing that you that you, that you cannot deny is when you have a good time. Right. Yeah. When you have a good time, you know. Facts. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's good time. You can't be good times, and I think especially at our, right. you know, in our age group, uh, and I know. Life for me now is really simple. When I want to relax, I go on my deck, fire up a stick, yeah. and a nice little shot of whiskey, and I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I might throw something That's on right. the grill, and I'm good, and that yeah. gives me comfort. And man, I, I look, I see you've been grilling up something too, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, you know, I... I looks so good. Yeah, God. man. I put some jerk... I made some jerk chicken <laughs> the, uh, a few weeks back and, and put it on the grill, man. It was just something impromptu, though. You know what I'm saying? It's something right. that... Hey, when it's warm outside, we can't really go any place right now, so we're, we're all That's locked right. down. So you, you know, it, it's funny that you're seeing all the creative things that are happening on social media. You're seeing all the, the creative things that people are doing, and it's it's a good thing to me because people really need to express uh, who they are, and, and I think this this COVID is is really giving people an opportunity, hopefully, to uh, plan and 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 do some other things in, in the near future. What's what's next for Black? I mean, what's what's your endeavors, man? What are you what are you gonna be into, twenty um, twenty so, and beyond? I'm glad you asked me that. Um, you know, as as you get older, you always say, "What's your calling?" You know, "What's your purpose?" You know, "What are you what are you supposed to do?" And how are you supposed to do it? And you know, things of that nature, especially when you get over fifty. Um, I got a I got a business. Um, I got a business endeavor got a thing that I'm going to do. Um, I'm not going to share that now. I'll share it with you uh, personally later. Right. Okay. But um, I'm honestly thinking because I see a big loss in the African-American community and relate it with our kids. So it's either going to be back into coaching. Um, it's going to be around that seventh, eighth grade level football mm-hmm. and helping our kids transition because it's so I mean, and I know this is uh, maybe getting off. So a lot of people, just to give you an idea, a lot of people say, you know, they talk about on oh, the spread offense, the spread offense. 
it, you know, a lot of people that don't know football and the people that do, you understand. Well, here's the thing about spread offense. The spread offense is simple. It's simple because you don't have to teach a lot. It's a lot of lot you got to do to it. And it's lazy. That's the, but some of the things we used to run, you know, uh, the power eye, the wishbone, and, you know, stuff we did at Dunbar, you know, counter training and, you know, hey, it's responsibility. It's gap down backer. It's, you know, seal this backside guy, log the end, you know, things of that nature that in coaching, it's, it's just not taught. And so a lot, of our, a lot of our kids, they get to college in football, you know, a lot of parents say, oh, that coach, you don't know what he's talking about. No, our kids are limited because there's not a lot that they can do. Right, right. Yeah. You know, and so I either want to get back into coaching and fundamentals where kids can actually get in the stands or basketball around that same age group to, hey, can you make a left and a right-hand layup? I don't care. We don't win a game. I care about the development of the kids yeah. and making them better. And I'm, when I say I don't care about winning a game, I am so serious. Mm-hmm. I don't. I've won games. We've won championships. I'm fine with that. That's over and done with. Yeah. What about now the, the development of our kids? Right. Also, there are some kids in high school that need the proper training to make themselves better in high school. And I'm talking about freshmen, sophomores, because here's, here's what has happened, and, and I don't like it, but I understand it. So we have such a big drop-off in sports that we don't have the participation in sports like we should. Mm-hmm. And and with that being said, you got kids now that are freshmen and sophomores, they have no business being on the varsity. Right. None whatsoever. I'm going to say it because there's a lot of other people that are not going to say it. Oh, he's going to know he's not. not developed. He should not be playing varsity sports. Right. That's the fact. Let's just be honest. So, we need to get those kids, seventh, eighth grade, freshman, sophomore, we need to, they need some development, they need some discipline, they need some fundamentals. Fundamentals are the key to any success, especially if you got a freak athlete. He still needs, he still needs those things to succeed. Right. That's a given. Yeah. Yeah. That's tremendous. And, you know, I, I, I think that we need to get back in there and also, at the same time, emotionally and socially helping them at the same time, yeah, because they need they need that foundation and they need that support, you know. Yeah, that's that's tremendous, man. I I, I think that you know, and I've seen it, and and I remember my kids playing youth football, and, and they had this one coach, um, Coach Al, and, and you know Coach Al, and and I don't remember mm-hmm. Coach Al teaching my boys. Young, so we didn't really care if we win a lot. Which, which, which one was Al? Which one was Al? Al was the. Uh, he was the older guy. He used to be the president of. of he's the, the, he's of, the guy that started the. Uh, he was the guy that helped start the program. Yeah, you, yeah, the UP Lions. Yep. And, and, Great guy. Yeah, yeah. So I remember Coach Al just teaching and saying, "We don't care. If we win or lose. I'm going to teach you sportsmanship. You know, I want to teach That's you the right. fundamentals of football." And a lot of parents couldn't take that, you know, because they were like, oh, you know, we want to win, win, win. And I, w- I would look at Coach Al, I'd be like, you know what, that's a that's a great philosophy because I want my boys to learn fundamental football. I want them to learn how to be respectable because, like, if you if if you recall with Coach Johnson, and Coach Johnson is our mentor, uh, one of the greatest, great, greatest coaches, greatest men um, in the state of Illinois, won championships in, in track, uh, state championships in track, state championship boys track, uh, was an assistant coach, 
for uh, Phillips in the state championship run, which he actually should get a lot of credit because basically that's his influence and blueprint was all over uh, Phillips' program. Um, and the whole coaching staff, and, the majority of the coaching staff, all come from Dunbar. They come from us. That's right. So that was that was that was tremendous. But you know, one of the things we couldn't do, we had to be respectful on the field. You know, when right. we played for coach, we all had to dress alike. <laughs> we That's all had right. to walk the same walk alike. There was discipline right. around it. And sometimes today, and, I, and, and I'll share this story and for people who don't know. I, I played my college football at Temple University. We went to a game uh, this past season at, at the University of Cincinnati, Temple versus Cincinnati. And uh-huh. we're sitting right behind the players, Temple players. And I, I don't like to share this story, but, I, you know, I'm going to keep it real, real frank players were talking to the fans in the stands. I'm saying to myself, how are you talking to the fans in the stands? You should be focusing on the football field. You should be focusing on what's going on. And, you know, fans are heckling, talking, and the whole nine yards with the players. Players are going back and forth. And I'll never forget the kicker. And so the kicker was talking in the stands. I guess his mom was right there. And he goes out, kicks what's supposed to be a field goal, but he doesn't even reach the goalpost. The kid from Cincinnati gets the ball and returns it 99 yards for a touchdown. And I'm saying to myself, the focus is way off in this generation. Yeah. And so yeah. teaching those fundamentals, we could look in the stands. If we looked in the stands, man, right. come on. You, you know what would happen. And I know when I played oh college football under, under Bruce Arians, you know, you couldn't. You couldn't look in the stands. You had to. You had to. They told you, "Do not look in the stands." If your parents call That's you, right. you keep looking forward. Period. Point blank. So I think what you know that would be a great piece to give to kids so they can understand some of the the proper protocols to be yeah, in this sports. Another thing is, uh, I see all these guys doing these doing these uh, these personal trainings and and doing all and and doing this stuff, and I'm and I'm just like. Will is not reinvented. Yep. <laughs> Will is not reinvented. Right. You you got you got a few toys of today that they've made that can help, but the wheel's not reinvented. Mm-hmm. I got the dot drill in my driveway. Right. <laughs> I got the dot drill in my driveway, spray painted in my driveway. <laughs> and people ask, man, what's that? Oh, that's the dot drill. They're like, what? Hey, Google it. Tell them to Google it. Google yep. the dot drill. Yeah. I say, but having someone do the portrait and just just those things alone man people don't understand like parents don't understand um this is what your child needs to succeed because it's here's a, here's, a, here's something it's easy to get there and you stay there uh-huh. that's right it's easy and and, the, and what i'm saying is to, to all that's listening it's easy it's easy for you to get to college but can you stay there the, the flip side to that is this as your child Worked hard enough. Have you helped put him in a position that he can succeed even at someone's university? Right. And now when he gets to the university, can he stay there? Can he maintain? Can he stay there and play for four years? And also, will he be good enough to play for four years? Does he have the work ethic? And I'm not talking about going to Miami, Notre Dame. You can go to some great Division twos and some great Division threes, Right. That's you right. know, and still get an education and still be successful in life and help. So my thing is, I'm like, what am I giving back to my community? And, and that's what I'm all about now. What am, what am I doing and giving back into society now? So 
that's when you ask that question, you know, and the things I'm telling you, that's that's where I'm at and my whole focal point mentally. Like I had planned on this summer taking on three, you know, three student athletes mm-hmm. and training them. But, you know, with this thing it's totally different and you know, I've talked to one of the parents because we friends, uh one of my friends, he wanted me to his son and I told him you know what man so now's the time to start thinking in another direction he's like man why well we got this and I said just listen to me and he said well I talked to this coach and I talked to this person I said oh, well, it's your choice but let me tell you what they're not telling you right. and and let me tell you something about a timeline he like timeline I'm like this is April April is over with so now you're talking about May nothing is well, it's open so what are you doing what is he doing better yourself I said the other thing is what is this diet like at home right now? I said, because we're shopping in stores and things. You, he still has to maintain a diet. Right. He still has to get the right things into his body to help take care of his body. Is he doing push-ups every day? Do you have kettlebells at home? Can he can he curl? He was like, man, I didn't think about all of that. You know, I was like, yeah. And then if school does start back, I'm like, all sports are shut down right now. When will they open up for sports? Will it be June? The first, I told him the first football game is the last week in August. So you're talking about being behind four months. Right. So you don't think that that's a problem? And it, and I get it because the parents just don't understand and they just really don't know. It, you know. Right. And it's called muscle memory. You got to get your child's muscle memory and train his child's muscle memory and get them going. So, you know, I don't know, Jeff. You know, that's just where I'm at with it. Hopefully this thing opens up, you know, but... One thing I am going to change is I'm not going to train those guys because I will be doing them a disservice because they're going to be going back with their teams. Now, if time permits, they can get a date, you know. And a lot of these guys are charging all these outrageous prices. I'm like, are you people kidding me? And that's why I keep going back to, and you know, that's going to be one of my sayings, you know, the wheel is not reinvented. And, you know, I've thought about putting it on a shirt. Like, hey, the wheel is not reinvented. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. what about hard work? And what is he going to put into this? Yeah. You know, so. That's, that's interesting, man. And, and people are charging astronomical things for things that we, we develop players on just based on what we were taught and some of the basics of football. And, and like I said, nothing is, you know, like you said, nothing, the, the wheel, don't reinvent the wheel. The wheel is already there. All you have to do is just apply the science to it and, and just keep on working. Um, and a lot of, like you said, a lot of parents don't know. And a lot of my victims, you know, sports, you have to pay for sports today. When we were younger, man, sports was free, you know. Right. And today people are charging, you know, big money for these camps and all this sort of stuff. And it, it really uh, doesn't do any well. And, and like we see with our boys, you know, I have mine, I train them. They, you know, they doing some of the stuff that we did, you know, the, the bigger, faster, stronger and and, and mm-hmm. working on explosion and, and footwork, dot drill, you know, jump rope some of the simplistic things that help been helping athletes for centuries. Um, and and you, like you say, you really don't have to invent it, but Hey, this your man, JT lab right here on the spoken section podcast, man. I want to thank my guest, the wrong AKA black man is what we call him. He's been a tremendous guest, a lot of insight. Um, if you want to follow him, black, you got any social media you want people to, to follow if they want to get information from you. Um, you know, uh, I got an email address. I'm actually on uh, Instagram, uh, Blackball. Um, I just made it unprivate, so you can you can follow me. It's no no problem. Okay. I'm on um, 
I'm on Facebook, but I'm I'm not on Facebook. I I got a Facebook account, but yes, I I need to start utilizing it more. Um, I'm just getting away from you know as we get older, getting away from a lot of negativity. So a lot of negative things, you know, I just don't want to be associated with. No doubt. You know, and that's just the betterment of me. You know, me just trying to better myself. You know, as a man. Yes. You know, so. No doubt about it. Hey, my brother, I appreciate you so much for coming on the show. Now, again, tune in tonight if you're on Facebook. Um, the Smoking Section Podcast. We have a live NFL draft party via Zoom, so you'll be able to see it live on our page. We'll be going, uh, man, for some hours, you know, as long as uh, people can keep up with the draft. So we'll be on there um, this evening. Follow our social media on IG, Smoking Section Podcast. Also on Facebook, The Smoking Section Podcast. Subscribe to our, our podcast here on um, on the format that you're listening on, download it. Give us a review on, on Facebook. I mean, give us a review on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Music Play. Let us know what you think about the show. But again, Black, hey man, I appreciate you and you know. I love you, man. I hey, do. Hey, man, my too. brother. And I no, love you. No doubt, man. My boy, we go back a long way. You stay safe. That's right. My parents, uh, yeah. prayer is going to be for you and your family. And, Same um, here, man. You've been a wonderful guest. But, uh, hey, man, you got to get Nate Turner on. You got to get Nate Turner on. I, I, I got to get Nate on. And so, I, because I know he's doing a draft thing tonight as well. So, yeah. I, I definitely got to get Nate on and, and we can kind of, you know, chop it up and, and do some things. So, I'll definitely connect with him and um, some other people as well, man. But we want to definitely keep it keep it going, keep it fresh. And uh, tomorrow. That's right. My brother, I appreciate you. Keep up the good work, brother. Hey, I appreciate you, man. I, you know, hey, you yes. know how we gonna do. You know how we do it. You know how That's we, right. you know how we <laughs> was taught. So um, <laughs> we was taught it's only one way, baby. Um, it's only one way. All right, my brother. I'll I'll give you a call later on, man, so we can talk. Okay, Jeff. Hey, have a good day, man, and stay blessed. Be right. proud for you and your family. All right, you too as well. Hey y'all! All right. This is uh, the Smoking Section Podcast. Y'all heard it, man. We've what an interesting hour. I, I, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, Lerone is a very interesting and very influential uh, person in, in the city of Chicago, especially in the sports uh, uh, area and as well as the uh, cigar um, community. And so, you know, Smoking Section Podcast, we wanted to make sure that we brought you. I like bringing you interesting people. I like bringing you people who uh, have some substance and things to say, not just with a celebrity name tagged onto it. Although those those are some interesting stories as well. But these are everyday people that's walking the earth that are doing good things. But um, if you can, again, tune in tonight to the Smoking Section Podcast Facebook page. And we will be going live with our NFL uh, draft party. And uh, you can come rep your team if you're interested. Uh, hit us up. But um, I'll check you out this Tuesday, man. Make sure you uh, tune into our, our Smoking Section podcast and catch us. You all be safe. Social distance. Uh, make sure you wear your mask when you're out in the stores. Uh, respect people's space. And um, just have a wonderful weekend, a safe weekend. This is your man JT Live. I'll check you later. Peace. <laughs>